Well, hey guys, Bill Santos, EMP Oakville with a, another one of our Job Placement Tips podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening and downloading. And I uh, just want you to be reminded of our website, empoakville.com. Should you have any questions, you can always email us at info at empoakville.com. Info at empoakville.com. You can uh, get information on some of our Zoom training that we're doing over the last number of uh, months. We've been doing that, and it's been uh, very, very popular. And um, so you can find out about that. You can write to us at info at empoakville.com. On today's podcast, I want to talk to you a little bit about myths. There's all kinds of myths that uh, are prevalent in this industry in the job placement, you know, vocational rehab industry. And uh, the, the issue is that so many of these uh, myths drive how it is that we do, that we do business. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we sometimes we build up service delivery models around these particular um, Myths. So, I mean, let me give you an example. My, you know, probably my favorite one is uh, that you have to be job ready to go to work. Do you really? I mean, really, I mean, think that through. Uh, Because, you know, part of job readiness means having a competitive skill set. And so, if that were the case, that you had to be job ready to go to work, well, there would be no incompetent people working. And you and I both know, we've been out there enough to know that we come across incompetent people all the time and and they're working. And so there's got to be another door to the labor market that is not the skills door. That's not the competency door. That's not the job readiness door. But you find so many organizations have these very sophisticated job readiness models that are designed to make the candidate job ready when the vast majority of the research suggests that people get jobs. The majority of people get jobs. I mean, some studies suggest over 80% of the people get jobs, not because they were the best qualified for the job, but because they happen to be at the right place at the right time. And then here's the kicker, uh, with an adequate set of skills. And so what you begin to realize is that when you really begin to look at the labor market, you begin to see that people go to work as a result of timing and not as a result of competencies, right? And so if you're working with individuals that have barriers to employment and their ability to compete for jobs on a skills level is compromised, but they're motivated, they want to go to work, and you know they'd be a good worker at the right job, then you got to move out of this idea of, of spending resources to make them job ready and look at how do we maximize the timing, right? How do we position ourselves so we can capitalize and be at the right place at the right time with our adequate job seeker? Because that's how 80% of the people go to work. Now, you know, when I use the word barrier to employment, I need to make sure that everybody understands what I'm talking about. Now, for me personally, there's only one barrier to employment, and that is the lack of motivation to to want to work. If you don't want to work, that to me is a barrier. 
But outside of that, to me, there's no barrier to employment. I mean, age is not a barrier. Disability is not a barrier. Skills level is not a barrier. Attitude is not a barrier. Now, do those things make it more difficult? Absolutely. But they're not a barrier to employment. So when I use the term barrier to employment, I don't mean how I perceive it. I mean, as perceived by the employer, we recognize that when the employer looks to the job seeker, the employer then looks and sees certain characteristics as barriers to employment, like disability, like, you know, uh, long-term social assistance, like a criminal record, like a low set of skills and all of those things. But so that's what we talk about. When we use the term barrier to employment, we mean the barrier as, you know, as perceived by uh, an employer. And so, um, when you're working with individuals with barriers to employment, whose ability to compete in the job for the job is compromised, you got to be able to operate outside of a model that is not the job readiness model. Because you don't have to be job ready to go to work. It's a myth. It's a myth that job readiness opens the door to employment. Here's another myth. You hear many in the industry say that the more barriers, remember we just defined barriers, the more barriers a job seeker possesses, the more barriers to employment a job seeker has, the more time you and the program have to, be, have to spend working on that job seeker. And so you see this a lot in organizations where they have a particular, for example, training program or an employment preparation program. And depending on what they perceive to be the job seeker's level of barrier, that program is longer or shorter. So, you know, some folks go through the six-week version. Some folks go through an eight-week version. Some folks go through a 12-week version. And it's the same program. It's just longer. And they say, well, that's because the ones that have the 12-week program, well, they have more significant barriers to employment. And so the myth says that the more barriers to employment a job seeker has, the more time you have to spend working on the job seeker. Well, I'm going to tell you it's the exact opposite, that the more barriers to employment a job seeker has, the more time you need to spend with the employers influencing their perception of those barriers because in most cases, those barriers are not going to go away. You don't have a solution to eliminate the disability, but you do have a solution to eliminate the employer's perception of the disability. You don't have a solution within your organization you know, to eliminate the criminal record, but you do have a solution to deal with the employer's perception of the criminal record. You don't have a solution within your program to deal with the job seeker's lack of work experience, but you have a tool to influence the employer's perception of the job seeker's lack of work experience, do you see? And so when you're moving into these situations where the job seeker has more and more barriers to employment, you get the most bang for your buck, the best utilization of the limited resources that you have at your disposal is that we are to spend more time influencing the employer's perceptions and less time developing the candidate. And so what we suggest with those individuals with the most significant barriers to employment, what you look for in the job seeker 
is the demonstration is of motivation to go to work. And once you see that motivation, once that job seeker tells you, I want to go to work, that the bulk of the efforts now be directed at influencing the employer's perceptions of that particular job seeker. Well, that's the myth for this podcast. Our next podcast will go into another and um, we'll see if these uh, are helpful to you. You know, send us a comment. Uh, write to us at uh, uh, info at empoakville.com. Let us know what if there's any particular topics you'd like us to discuss, if you have any questions, and we'll be happy to reply to those and send that information out to you. So I want you guys to take care, and uh, we'll be back in touch again real soon. Okay, we'll see you then. Bye-bye.